welcome to Kidman Talk. This is Carl Bastian coming to you from Kidology.org, where our mission is to equip and encourage you in your children's ministry. As we enter the week of Thanksgiving, I'd like to thank you for all you do to reach and teach kids and for your support of Kidology and our ministry. My entire team is grateful for your support. When you join Kidology and shop at our store, you not only support us, you enable us to give scholarships and resources away to needy leaders and volunteers literally all over the world, week in and week out, and we truly enjoy being able to do so. We are a nonprofit ministry, and we're sustained by our memberships, your purchases, and by generous donations. And so let me just start out today by simply saying thank you from everyone at Kidology. Today on the show, I want to not only express thanks, but talk about how we can express thanks to those who support us in ministry and how we can lead ministries that express gratitude throughout the year. So let's talk about how to spell thanks in a way that people can truly feel. Today's show is sponsored by a very fun product that Kidology has created called the Gibby Gibby Game. It is based on the very first Parker Brothers game, Hit, and you'll definitely want to play it with your kids this month to help them avoid the gimme gimmies this season. But now, it is time to talk Kidman. And talk Kidman we will. But first, I just want to talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Obviously, this month, you're hearing a lot about Thanksgiving. People are posting things they're thankful for on Facebook, and I love that. Last year, every day for 24 days, I did a post on my blog. You can go back to my blog if you're curious. Just click on the archive for the month of November 2011. I did a full-length post last year on 24 things that I was thankful for. I really enjoyed doing that last year. In fact, I think I've got it open here on my blog yeah, I do. Let me just click on this really quick. I, I just loved uh, doing that last year and just thinking of 24 things that I was just really thankful for. Yeah, there it is. And I, I linked them all here. Did Yosemite and God's Word and did my mom, photography, Pandora, George Lucas, Breckenridge, Barks Root Beer, Mercy and Grace, bunch of Steves in my life, Freedom, my son, my wife, my bookkeeper, Science, the Cloud, Awana, Sunday School, my dad, True Friends, Scotty Vests, my customers, that's you guys out there, Tennis Balls, that's a funny one, uh, Flight, and of course I ended with, with Jesus, and um, not because last, uh, but not least, and then I just went through because he created me, he died for me, he saved me, he rose for me, he sought me, he drew me, he invited me, he heard me, he accepted me. He sustains me, he forgives me, he walks with me, he reminds me, he helps me, he nudges me, he guides me, he dis disciplines me, he helps me, he encourages me, he equips me, he accepts me, he abides with me, he comforts me, he gets me, he loves me, he prays for me, he knows me, he walks with me, he defends me, and he's patient with me. I'm nothing without him I'm thankful for him today. And I'm, I'm enjoying reading the other things that people are thankful for. But thankfulness is hard. I'm so glad we have a Thanksgiving day because it reminds us once a year to be recalibrated to have an attitude of gratitude because we're not naturally wired that way. We are wired to want. We have this, um, this inbred 
uh, insatiable desire to want, this selfishness and this greed. I mean, we go to the mall and we think there's got to be something here that's going to bring us happiness. I mean, I always joke, anytime I go to the mall, I say to my wife, there's got to be something here that can bring me happiness. <laughs> and I don't really mean that. I, I say it as a joke, but but there's truth in in jest because somehow I think there's going to be this cool book or this cool gadget or something um, that I'm really going to like, uh, whether it's a cool puzzle or a cool book or a new Apple product or something um, that's going to bring us happiness. And uh, that's why I created years ago this uh, Gimme Gimme game. Um, if you've ever played the Parker Brothers game Pit, it's a lot of fun. It's just a, like a board of trade game where the where players are going one 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 two 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 three 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 and they're all trying to trade card games to all corner a market and uh, so I created this game and I play it with like a hundred kids in the gymnasium and what they're all trying to trade are cards of things they're thankful for whether it's friends or church or family clothing food school Jesus America there's blank cards. You can make up your own if you want. If you're in a different country, you can make one that's Canada or um, Australia or whatever, or Christmas Islands, wherever you happen to be. Kidology is in over 70 countries. And, um, and they're trying to trade those cards to get a whole set of one commodity or one thing that they're thankful for. But mixed in there are these gimme gimme cards. Just like in the pit game, there's the bull and the bear cards. They're wild cards and they're trying not to get stuck with those gimme gimme cards and it, it adds an element of challenge, but it helps them to realize that just like in the game, the gimme gimme cards make it hard uh, to get everything they're thankful for. In life, um, the gimme gimmies, that selfishness, make it hard to appreciate the things that we have because we're always trying to get new things and new clothes and new books and new gadgets and, and we don't appreciate the things that we have. I mean, I've got tons of books. I mean, hundreds of books on my bookshelves that I've not even read. And yet I'll go to a, a, um, a bookstore and spend tons of time going up and down the aisles looking for a book to read. And I'll pay 20 bucks for a, a new book to read. Or I go to the airport and I'm waiting for my plane. I go into the, the newsstand looking for an exciting new book to read when I've got books at home to read. Why do I do that? Why do I want a new book when I've got books at home to read? I've got enough books for a lifetime, but I want the latest, the greatest from an exciting author or a best time, a New York Times best-selling uh, book. And when I've got that, why does my son say he has nothing to do and nothing to play with when he's got a playroom filled with things to play with? And it's that selfishness. It's that gimme gimme, and um, and it and it's so important to do that. And why are we always praying for things that we don't have? Because we focus on that we still haven't got the things that we're praying for. Do you have things that you want that God has still not given you? And so it makes you discontent and unhappy? Maybe you might sing a song like this.
Sorry, Chicago Cub fans. <laughs> I love that song. I love U2. I know U2 is very popular, but uh, I think there's about three songs I love on the Joshua Tree album. It's the first three songs, and that's one of them that that is a parody of. His problem might be what he's praying for. I don't know. I just I just have a feeling that may be what his problem is. Um, you know, Often we teach kids there's three ways that God answers prayer. And if you're in Kidman, you know what they are, right? Sometimes God says, say it with me, yes. Sometimes God says, no. And sometimes God says, wait, right? Well, I teach that there's a fourth way that God answers prayer. Sometimes he says, yes. Sometimes he says, no. Sometimes he says, wait. And sometimes God says, are you crazy? (laughs) Because sometimes the things we pray for are absolutely ridiculous. But you know what? We um, often don't have an attitude of gratitude because 
We're so focused on the things we want that we don't have because God hasn't said yes yet, or he has said no, or he said wait, or maybe he said, are you crazy? You're praying, you're praying for a Honda Accord. You're praying for your boss to change his attitude. You know, you're praying to win the lotto uh, or whatever else was in that song. And you need to change your attitude. You need to start looking around you at all the things that you already have. When I was uh, back in college, I don't remember what the inspiration of it was. It was probably a chapel that I went to or something. But I drew a poster in my uh, room, and I'm not an artist. It was it probably looked like a second grader drew it because my artistic ability stopped in second grade. I got lots of compliments all the way up through second grade. What a great artist I was, and and after second grade. That's when my artistic ability capped. So I draw like a really good second grade artist. So when I draw for kids, all the second graders think I'm the bomb. They think I'm a great artist. And maybe God did that because he knew I was going to be a children's pastor someday. So I draw like a second grader. So I drew this tree that uh, if you would think a second grader drew it, it, it was an awesome second grader drawn tree. But what I what I wrote under the tree was look at all the other trees. Because Adam and Eve were given this entire garden, you know, that they could eat of any fruit of any tree, but there was one tree that they were told that they could not eat of. And of course, they fixated on the one that they could not eat of, and they ended up eating from it. And uh, I heard some chapel or read somewhere that, you know, the one thing we're told we can't have is what we fixate on. And that's what sucks our gratitude is we focus on the one thing we can't have or that we want and we we forget to look around at everything that we already have. And that's why that old classic hymn, count your blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God has done. And so if we want to be thankful, we've got to start looking around at all the other trees and get our eyes off of those. But what I want to shift gears and talk a little bit about is thanking those in our ministry. And how do you spell thanks? How do you say thanks in a way that people will actually hear it? Because it is November and it's time, you know, to dig out those thank you cards and to send out some thank yous. And, you know, we need to make that list and check it twice and, you know, make sure that you don't forget anyone uh, or it won't be nice. And, you know, it's true that we need to be thankful all year long and that we should be expressing it all year long. But hey, if you don't do it at Thanksgiving, um, when else are you going to do it? And so let's talk about some ways that we can show thankfulness at this time of the year because it's a great time to do it. And we're just going to look at the word thanks and we're just going to spell the word thanks. You know I love acronyms. I have an acronym for acronym. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know by now that an acronym means a crazy riddle of nuggets yielding meaning. And so what are some ways that we can show thanks? How do you spell thanks? The first one, the letter T, is time. And you know what? I'm a big believer in thank you cards, in handwritten notes. And they don't have to be long, but when you take time to send a handwritten note to somebody, it shows that you care enough to take time out of your busy life. You know, when you're standing in front of someone, they expect to have your time because their presence is right there. You they they have to give you time. But when they're not there with you and you take time 
to um, fill out a card. You took time to buy a card, to pick out a card, and you fill that out and you hand wrote. In this day and age, a handwritten note is incredibly diff different. I mean, it's unique. It's it's unheard of. Everybody's doing email nowadays. In fact, have you seen young people's handwriting nowadays? Have you seen high school, college people's handwriting? They don't even know how to write anymore. So the fact that you wrote it's it's amazing. It's a it's a lost art, and so when you take time to write something, it's valuable. Now, if time communicates sincere thanks, think about taking that the extra mile. Think about actually delivering a gift to somebody's home, and leaving it on their doorstep, or even taking a, a helium balloon and tying it to that gift and leaving it on the porch, or ringing the doorbell and running. Thinking about what can you do that would be a gift of time. Maybe even offering to babysit, to give somebody a date night. Offering some child care at church. Doing a date night thing where you say to your volunteers, bring your kids, we'll watch your kids, we'll do a movie night. We just want to appreciate you, give you a night out on the town. Or we want to give you an opportunity to Christmas shop and we'll watch your kids. Be creative and ask yourself the question, what is a gift of time that I can give to my volunteers that would be really valuable. There's a post on Kidology. I'll link it in the show notes. And I did something in my ministry called Sack Lunch Sundays. And I got to tell you, my parents loved it. My stock went up so high. And it was a very simple concept. And it was that once a month, I took all the kids and kept them at church. I told them to bring a sack lunch. I would provide the drinks. McDonald's used to give you coolers and drinks. I don't know if they'll do that anymore. And it was, leave your kids with me. I'll give you a Sunday afternoon off. And I did it for all the parents in the whole church, but you could do it just for your volunteers. I was in a small ministry when I did this because all the kids at the church was like 60 kids. And I'll play games with them. I had a small devotional. I picked a different theme every sack on Sunday from space to Western to water wars. The kids loved it. It was relational ministry for me to bond with the kids, play with the kids. It was paper airplane theme. I mean, I just did something fun with the kids. I kept them all the way till four o'clock, provided nursery sometimes. That varied from whether I had nursery care or not. And the parents loved it. The volunteers loved it. And it was a gift of time to them. I had the relational ministry benefit. But ask yourself, what can I do for a gift of time? The next one is the letter H. And how can you help them? See, it's one thing to say with words, thank you. But what about help? Let's face it. Most of the people we are thankful for have helped us in some way. That's why we're thankful. So the chances are, they know that they've helped us. And so as you think about those that you desire to thank, you need to ask yourself, is there some need that they have that you can help meet? You know, what need do they have? I mean, how could you help them? It might be helping them in their ministry, but maybe there's even a way you can help them in their personal life. Sometimes you just need to flat out ask them, but it's even better when you can be observant and just see that they need help. And it so encourages people when you just notice that they need help in a certain area and you just step up and you just do it for them and say, don't worry about that. I took care of that for you. Or I was able to buy this thing for you. Or I was just able to make something happen on your behalf. And then when they thank you, you say, no, you don't need to thank me. I did that because I want to thank you for all that you do for me. 
Now, the next one is the letter A, and it's applause. But listen carefully. Applause is not clapping. Applause may include clapping, but they're not the same thing. Just like singing is not worship. Singing can be an act um, of worship, but they're not one and the same. And in the same way, clapping can be a type of applause, but applause is a public recognition of appreciation. So to applaud somebody is to appreciate them some way publicly. It's to take the spotlight off of yourself and shift it to the person that you are thankful for. So when you receive compliments or praise for what you've done or a ministry because you're the leader, what you want to do is you want to acknowledge those who helped you. You want to you want to applaud them instead. You want to say, you know what, I could not have done it without so-and-so-and-so-and-so because there's these people that are behind the scenes who aren't known and when you have that platform, when you're up in front of people, there's a lot of people sitting out in the audience who know you would not have be up there. You would not be getting this applause or this thanks if it was not for them. And so you need to, you need to make sure that's known. Sometimes you can have them stand up. Um, sometimes they don't want that. And so it may be that you need to do that privately. You're going to know from, from different personalities who you need to do that for publicly or who you just need to say, you know what, when they were thanking me, I, I was saying inside that, that this was really for you. Some people aren't going to want you to give them public applause um, because it's just against their character and against their personality. And uh, you're going to figure that out, but you're going to make sure that you give them applause in the appropriate way that fits their personality. And it may be just putting their picture on a bulletin board. It may be putting a thank you acknowledgement in the, the bulletin, maybe having them stand up um, so that everyone can just recognize them. But you'll figure that out. But you pray about it. But you make sure that you're not the one soaking up all the credit um, at the time that credit is given. The next one is the letter N. And that is to name it. You see, we often give generic thanks to people. Say, hey, thanks a lot. We need to name what we're thankful for. People need to know that we actually recognize the specific things that we did. We need to not just be generic in it. We need to actually say the things um, that we did. You know, if, if we try a note, instead of saying, you know, hey, thanks for teaching third grade, we need to say, you know, thank you for your tireless love for your students, you know, that makes being in the third grade such a highlight for the children of our church. Your extra effort that you put into bulletin boards, puppet shows, computer review games, and dramas, complete with a biblical costume, is a testimony of God's passionate love for kids. I mean, that is so much better than just saying, thanks for teaching third grade. It says, man, they they notice the things that I do. They notice the extra effort that, that I put in you know, to teach in this class, that, that I collect props, that I programmed a computer review game, you know, that I, I hauled in a projector or a laptop computer. So mention those things specifically, you know, and um, it, it just makes a big difference. It, when you write a note and you actually say, you know, I saw you doing this and I thought that that was amazing and you give them those specific examples because if you don't, they may stop doing those things. Because they may go, man, that was a lot of work and nobody even noticed. Because people are human. They've got that human nature. They've got that martyr mentality. And um, you could criticize them for it, but it, but it's it's a reality. How many things have you quit doing 
because you thought nobody cared, nobody noticed except God. Yeah, they should do it for Jesus, but they want to do it for some human recognition too. And it uh, might be wrong, but it's a reality. The K is keep it short. You know, my mom used to say, thou doth protest too much when I went on and on trying to convince her of something. You know, the longer I went, <laughs> the more doubtful she became um, <laughs> of my motives behind what I was saying. So just be genuine, be specific, be concise, but don't don't overdo it. If you overdo it, then they start to think that you want something in return or maybe that you just listen to a podcast about expressing thankfulness. So, you know, keep it short and um, be honest, but then, you know, you don't, don't feel like... Um, you're trying to butter them up or something. And then the last one, the S, say it often and say it well. You know, short, simple, but sincere expressions of thanks often will far out well one big, huge thank you once in a blue moon or whenever the Chicago Cubs win a division series, okay? You see, if you're maintaining an attitude of gratitude, it should be leaking out of you all the time, providing a steady sprinkling of appreciation rather than building up over time and then raining down on them, you know, occasionally in this big storm of gratitude. You, you know, if, if you're taking care of a garden or a lawn, you, you can't just turn on the sprinklers once a month. Your lawn's going to die because it, it can't even soak in all that water. You've, you've got to water your lawn just a little bit of water, but on a regular basis. And the, the, same, the same is true with your volunteers. You, you've got to install a sprinkler system of consistent gratitude, just naming it, being keeping it short, being consistent and regular, and, and that's going to make them fresh. It's going to make them um, blossom. You know, Philippians 1, 3, and 4 says, I thank my God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. And you've got you've to keep that um, attitude all the time. And if you do that, your volunteers are going to feel so encouraged. If you're dropping them notes, if you're passing on the applause, if you find ways to, to invest time in thanking them, you're not going to lack for volunteers. You're going to have, you're going to have a hard time um, re- getting rid of volunteers because they're going to be so encouraged. They're never going to want to acquit you. In fact, they're going to recruit others to come be a part of your team. Because one of the biggest secrets to recruiting is not having to re-recruit because a lot of people who are losing volunteers it's because they get discouraged and quit and you're constantly refilling the same positions and then you have a whole church full of people who used to serve in the children's ministry or they've done their time in the children's ministry and eventually you've you've gone through everybody in the church and the only prospects are new people who come to church you don't want to have that situation. You want to have people who, once they get into the children's ministry, they find it such an encouraging place, such an exciting place, such a fun place that once they're in, they're in to stay. And then you've got to recruit because the children's ministry is growing, not because you just keep losing people who are discouraged and don't feel appreciated. And if you do that, you're going to have a great ministry. And those kind of people are going to be thanking you and encouraging you, and it becomes reciprocal. Well, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. 
I sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. I thank you for those of you who are responsive in the forum, who send tweets, who send emails. It's encouraging to me. And as we head into December and into next year, be sure to be letting me know what topics you would like me to address on Kidman Talk. Remember, you can send a tweet if you're on Twitter to Kidman Talk. You can email me, write directly to me. It doesn't even go to customer support. You can email me at carl at kidmintalk.com and I will get back to you. And at the bottom of the show notes, every show, there's a link to the forum and you can interact there. This week, why don't you drop in there something on Kidology that you are thankful for. That would be encouraging to me and to my staff. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Spend some extra time with your family. And with the next podcast, I'm going to be beginning a brand new series all about Kids Church. And we're going to be walking through the Kids Church cooking show. And I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs>